Let's start with the <laughs> anglerfish because you showed me the uh, wallpaper you have on your phone right now, which yes. is the female anglerfish, the, the the big one with the light on the head. Big, very attractive woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under, and, bit of an underbite. And you, and you feel like this is symbolic of a book tour. It's it, the, the, I wish I wish people could. You know, even though I'm saying big uh, underbite, yeah. n- not an attractive. It's hard to imagine how ugly a female anglerfish is. Yeah. Well, they okay. live in but very it, dark places. They live in a, yeah, it's true. So it doesn't matter. No, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 nobody sees nobody the sees her. So it's a little flashlight on her yeah. head, which is I, I guess. Which is literally it, very attractive. Which is very attractive, and that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's nice. No one has to worry about getting dressed in the morning. Yeah. Uh, everybody looks good down there. So, okay. Yeah. Well, if you picture this. There's <laughs> a lot of pressure, the, though. There's a lot of pressure to look good down there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the the, the the characteristic expression of the female anglerfish yep. just opening her mouth to catch fish is this sort of uh, thing. It's like just a like, trap door. It's a trap of. door, and it oh, but it's it it just looks like uh, she's having the worst possible day. Uh, it's so it's a it's an image that cracks me up, and I um I put it on my phone during book tour. Just it's it, it just uh, it's for those days when there's a bad review, or you got to get up at four in the morning, yeah. or the book isn't selling as well as you hoped. It's it's like it's a it's a book tour image. Book tour though, how how long of a commitment is book tour for you? It's a, it's a it's a couple of weeks on the road, but yeah. it's really it's six weeks of you can't really focus on anything yeah. else. Is, there, it, is it fun at all? I mean, yeah, you're having a lazy fun. Sunday right now. Yeah, this is, no, it is fun. But this is other the calm than, before the storm. Other than those two anglerfish yeah. moments, you, mean reviews and early morning yeah. alarm going off, it's very fun. I, I, I like it a lot. I like hanging out with people who read my books. Who would not like that? Well, like, here's a person who's like, wow, I like what you spent the past two years yeah, yeah, doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, fun. I mean, I know, like, it's you know, it's writing in in general is a solitary thing. I, you know, I, I I talk to a lot of cartoonists who are very good at their jobs because they don't like interacting with people. So, you know, I think that this can be generally kind of an anxiety inducing moment for them. But yeah. you're uh, you're you seem like a social butterfly, Mary. I'm a I'm a social gal. Well, yeah, yeah and I'm not you, like you said. You spend I I, I spend. Two and a half years in a room the size of a solitary confinement cell. Yeah. Really. I mean, I go home. Yeah. I'm with other people. But yeah. the bulk of my time is in this little room with a computer and a phone. I still have a landline phone. <laughs> it's a, prin- a princess phone with push button, br- burnt orange. Oh. Yeah. I, I, only, I only heard about the princess phone recently. You saw the princess phone. Oh, I well, oh no, you're yeah, okay. I guess I did. Yeah. I guess I guess when I showed we it were, off to you. I show it off to everybody. It's funny though because I went back and I watched the video that we made that we made the little cartoon. Oh, and the yeah. first thing that happens in the cartoon is you get a call. I guess on the princess phone, but like, was it that was something that um, like they marketed phones for women for it's, princesses? Yeah, yeah. But it's specifically like phones aren't feminine enough. We need. That's interesting. I don't know if it was a specific. This is what I heard. Yeah, recently. it must be because why would they? Why? Yeah. Uh, why would princess? Why I, else I think they would felt they like they weren't that? selling enough to fifty-one percent of the population. So they made something daintier. Yeah. Uh huh. But I have to say, those little push buttons on there—if you have very long nails—good luck dialing yeah. your number. It is interesting. It is interesting that the, you know, our, our gender dynamics. We have the phone and the princess phone, and then you flip it around. You've got the anglerfish. 
yes. which is a complete reversal of that. Yes, because the male anglerfish, and I have a photograph also. It's mm-hmm. not my wallpaper, but it's a photograph of the male who's a tiny little thing. Yeah. What would you say? Maybe one fiftieth. Yeah. The yeah. size of the female, and he attaches himself to her, and impregnates her. Yeah fertilizes the eggs whatever he does and then stays attached and then is gradually absorbed by yeah. her is that do i have that I right he right. disappears i think he's kind of a little um vestigial appendage for yeah, a while he shrivels and he hangs yeah. there and that's his that's how his life ends yeah. the male anglerfish and there's a photograph of the male anglerfish and the, the caption says unattached male <laughs> anglerfish like he's just single yeah. and dating unattached it. Just, uh, but there are plenty of fish in the sea, as they say. <laughs> yeah, that's great, though. I mean, like you know, you were saying that they're 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 unattractive fish, but I mean, that's like, you know, what kind of animal? You know, I know I know male seahorses carry the babies, but like that is not nearly the commitment of actually absorbing yourself into another becoming fish. becoming part of the fe- yeah. female. Yeah, it's it's an extreme metaphor for marriage, I guess. Some marriages. Perhaps. Though to be fair, she like after after that happens, he's kind of on easy street for a little while because like, she's oh, getting all the food. Yeah, he he becomes like it's almost like he's in her womb. He's fed he's, by yeah, her. Yeah, he's like a little second stomach. Right, but he can't he can't have much fun yeah. anymore. He can't yeah. carouse. That's right. Down there in the eternal night, <laughs> he's a little he's a little limited. Yeah. By the situation, but she does take care of him. That's right. It's like there's a parasite. That attaches itself to a fish's eyeball, and the fish goes blind, but the f- parasite leads the fish huh. around. There's not much in it for the fish. I mean, the fish would rather. Yeah, no, there's not. not but the fish doesn't least, get super. At least, powers. though, at least he, he makes sure that the fish doesn't yeah. run into. I guess there aren't a lot of walls really down there, but right? they, they navigates for the steer. Maybe perhaps steers the fish yeah. toward food sources. Because most a, parasites, it's kind of a zero-sum game, right? You infect the body, and then you slowly destroy the body. Yeah. But this one is, like, actually helping carry helping, things along. Yeah, probably for a reason. Probably he, the, yeah. the parasite probably needs the fish to stay alive yeah. for a certain point in its life cycle. I mean, yeah. I'm just making this up because I don't know anything, or even sure. the name of this particular parasite. It's something I learned about on the animal planet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you, are you constantly... I mean, are, are, you, in, are you in, like trying to figure out next book mode right now trying to figure out in a like casual what the, way yeah what the is. yeah yeah as I, it were yeah yeah and i'm not it, it isn't actually fish though fish yeah. could be interesting i think fish so. yeah fish plenty plenty mm. in the sea <laughs> and again most of what 80 percent of the earth fish but you know it's, it's sylvia earl kind of has that wrapped up doesn't yeah she? and animals and animals are and i know. don't scuba dive so that's yeah. gonna be Oh, you, so you in, can't in, interview them? I can't interview the fish. I can't visit them. Yeah. I can't hang out with them. Did you? How much of the, how much of the new book is you actually going? I mean, you visited a lot of these places. I went to right? a bunch of places. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was on a ballistic missile submarine out in the middle. I don't know where I was. I was <sighs> six hundred feet down, and I don't know where because we left from Kings Bay, Georgia, in the at night, eleven midnight, eleven o'clock midnight. I don't know. We sailed out straight out. Or not straight, maybe at an angle. I don't know. For eight hours, and then in the morning, we're all hanging out on deck. The submarine pops up. They lay down kind of a gangplank thing, and you just walk across, climb down the hole the in the you know, yeah. conning tower into the sub. Sub goes down, and off we go. And I don't know where we were for four days. Was this, I mean, was this... 
collection of interviews the coolest experience you've had as far as actually like going out and finding the story for this book you mean yeah uh it yeah it was pretty cool it's not necessarily I mean, it's like you know better maybe better than visiting a morgue well, uh, maybe, yeah, better than a morgue, but not as good. Somewhere in between the Space morgue stuff. and the zero gravity yeah, flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the weightless flight. Yeah. That, nothing. It's pretty hard to, be, to top that. Yeah, unless you have a, a weak stomach, in which case. No, they give you good drugs. Oh, really? Yeah, they give you scopolamine mixed with dexedrine. So they give you a downer and upper. The downer makes you not get nauseous, and the upper keeps you from falling asleep. Yeah. So it, And they're combined in one drug, which is lovely. I think... You know, you, that, it's, it's a, like a speedball. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a government sanctioned speedball. <laughs> I loved it because yeah. I had because so, I, I did um uh, we we were doing a video shoot and we were doing those um the like the jets a little like prop planes yeah and we took Dramamine and it, I just I was out for the afternoon it killed me you know and I, I still puked oh so no just, yeah no, Dramamine is terrible but for exactly anything. that reason it yeah. doesn't do what you want it to and it puts you to and sleep. it puts you to sleep no you need scope decks my friend. Okay. Scope is that, decks. Can I can I get that over the counter? Probably not. No, it's prescription. Ah. But now you know what to ask for. Sure. Yeah. But I have to be like, I'm going to space. <laughs> no, you could just say I'm I'm going out on a yeah. crab fishing expedition and it, the seas may get rough. Could I please have some scope decks? Is that I mean is when when, when you're when you're in like early book research mode when you're trying to figure out what you're going to spend the next two years of your, your life writing about um, is that what is that part of what you factor in is like what would be the most fun to that's absolutely where I start yeah, yeah. it's kind of almost more like a documentary yeah filmmaker would do is like figuring out where am I going to go what will be the scene and the characters and so that there'll be dialogue and something interesting hmm. I mean I don't know what I'm going to find when I get there but I it's something that at least sounds like it will be surprising or interesting and there'll be something to see and do. You, I mean, you must so, have some yeah. false leads, though. You must, you know, go there and just, like, feel like you can't build a full book out of sure. it. Sure. I have I have a whole file of, yeah. you know, in the back of the file cabinet drawer, there's, like, seven or eight folders that became like the male anglerfish. They, uh, they were atta- they're attached they to the file cabinet and they just sort of wither away. And they're still there, but they're hmm. dead. Yeah. Are there any? Are there any like false leads that you've had that you can talk about? Or are they yeah, all? Yeah, there like, are. Potential no, there books? are a range. Of, no, none of them are potential books. There, there are things that didn't work out for any number of reasons. I wanted to go on a vampire flight, which s- actually sounds more yeah dramatic than it is. It's the army. The army blood system is kind of interesting in order to because blood is a perishable item yeah. and for transfusions for transfusions. Yeah. Uh, so you, somebody who's got an artery bleed needs needs blood fast and and so you know it's got to match. It's you can't just grab anyone's blood and so the, they have to they have sort of caches of blood and they fly blood around and there's something called a vampire flight which I instantly was like I have to go on that yeah. it's a vampire flight my book has to have a vampire flight and then I asked them well what's actually going on well it's a it's an airplane with some blood on it yeah the vampires because because it's blood the blood so I mean the, the system is interesting but it, it doesn't it, you know there's no eternal life in the shadows neck sucking yeah. there's did nothing that get a, did that get a mention in the book no because there at the time I wanted to report on it happily there were very few casualties that would necessitate I mean it was during the drawdown in Afghanistan so mostly what the US was doing is training local Afghan national forces so 
there weren't a, there wasn't a lot of yeah flying blood. call for flying blood around yeah. so it didn't it didn't pan out I you know I could have gone and tried to wait for one but it might have been weeks or it n- never would have happened so I I bailed on that particular chapter so I don't have a blood chapter see that's the thing if I don't have I don't, I don't have the narrative <laughs> I drop the whole topic I mean it's an interesting topic it probably yeah. should be in the book but I I'm like eh, I mean, it's, I mean it. it seems like a you know like a like a footnote or or, or some mention just the fact that there's this thing called, called this a, thing and it's, yeah I probably should have put it in but yeah. I kind of to that yeah I put it in that in the back of the file yeah. cabinet drawer and forgot about it you must have you must have just so much stuff that just couldn't because I mean like it's not it's not a huge book there must be a lot of stuff that just doesn't make it in at the end but, of the day. but, but nothing that's that compelling if it's yeah, in, yeah if it's interesting I find there's a, a reason why I didn't yeah I can and if, even if it doesn't really fit I can always find a way to throw it into a footnote yeah. I can always get it in there um, but I didn't like I, I wanted to do a chapter about the special operations weather people because I, lo- I just love the idea of somebody like making it into special operations which is an incredibly elite yeah macho branch of the military like you make it all that way and you're like you're you're a special yeah. operations guy and the people are like whoa you're special operations what do you do they need to have to go oh, i'm weather i'm the weather man <laughs> but it, i mean it's a vital it's a vital yeah. component i just i just thought it would be interesting to talk to the guy who does that so i th- i called up the public affairs office for special operations command and of course all the, their missions are Classified, and you know, and, yeah. I, and he's like, "Mary, they're classified. No, you can't go on a special operations mission." And I, but I was like, "But, but, but I'll only talk about the weather. I don't need to write about the other stuff. It's fine. I just talk about the weather." That's and all anybody that, talks that's about. That's all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's like, "No." Yeah, that, I mean, it must be really, it must be really hard to deal with the army. I mean, obviously, like if you're writing a book, it, and this, this wasn't, you know, it's not like a a negative book necessarily about the military, but they. They've got to be so cautious about that, particularly when we're like in the middle of two wars and right. there's all of this going right. on. That the, you know, I, they were. I, so, did they, you feel gu- like you were being guarded? No, a lot? not no, not at all. And that I didn't expect that. I I, yeah. I, I expected what you just said. Yeah, that there'd be a lot of um, wariness, squirreliness, kind of mm, you know, there's nothing in this for us, so go away. But but they're pretty transparent. They're pretty huh. because, like you said, this is. This isn't stuff that they want to hide. It's yeah. actually good work that helps people who are dealing with a lot of really unpleasant shit. But if you so, were like Bob Woodward, you might not have gotten the same treatment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I sure. Or um, although, yeah, I, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to say exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it it basically came down to: is this classified? Then the answer is no. Yeah. If it's not classified, we'll do what we can. And sometimes, you know, it took a year and a half to get onto that ballistic missile sub, not yeah. because. They were particularly worried about me being kind of a wingnut loose cannon running around on a poking sub- holes poking. on submarine. <laughs> yeah, well, that was in, oh, yeah, there was one moment where we're in the uh, the the missile component yeah. where there are twenty something Trident missile silos, and there's a and the, the, equip, the equipment is very it's very analog it's very retro. There'll be buttons buttons that like launch torpedo you know <laughs> la- you know and at one point there's this great line where the um, the commanding officer goes, you might not want to lean on that. <laughs> Start World War Three. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it yeah. wasn't wasn't going to launch a nuclear missile, That's but it funny. did. It it was uh, right right there. But I, I you know I, I experienced this in in my line of work though is that they are. I was just writing about a piece of military technology today for our site, and they they're very eager to talk about technology. They're very eager to sort of show you what 
all of your money right. is being spent on yes, all the cool stuff yes. they're building. You know, it's funny though. They're also really, you know, if you look at the coverage in the past five years or so, they've, there's been they've talked a lot about suicide, traumatic huh. brain injury, yeah, yeah. PTSD, um, urinary tract infections in women. I mean, a lot of neg- negative stuff has gotten a lot of urinary tract infections. This is for for a while. It was like everywhere you turn, there'd be a UTI <laughs> thing about women. Yeah, it's a it's a problem because if you're on a long convoy, you can't just piss out the door. Yeah. You'd have to like get out, you know, stop, have, have them stop, get out, risk stepping on an IED, you know. So and they they just hold it, and then if you hold it, you tend to get. So instead of IEDs, they get UTIs. Instead, yeah, and you'd rather have a UTI yeah, than, an than an IED, IED. if you're going to have a three three letter combination. <laughs> I'd rather have a UTI yeah, than yeah. An IED. So now they have those little those juice. little. It's called a yeah. <laughs> Uh, FUD, female urinary diversion device, a FUD. Oh, the funnels? Yeah, the funnel. Yeah. The military has has called it a FUD, female urinary diversion device. But it's basically the camping tunnel. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Is that, that's why that was developed? No, it was, okay. it, uh, it already existed as something yeah. uh, for women who are out in the woods okay. and need, don't want to squat. Sure. So it's been around, but the military has now. It, it just bought it's, a lot of them. It, it seems like it seems like there might be, you know, especially having done the the Mars book, like there might be some parallels in terms of, um, you know, technology that's being developed yes. through, like again, you know, the, yes. the trillions of dollars that we're spending. Sure, like some of no, there's that a tr- is tremendous amount, down. a lot, uh, tremendous amount of uh, technology, and also um, just medical procedures and you know, especially yeah. in trauma care and dealing with hemorrhages and collapsing yeah. lungs and things that are going to kill you in a matter of minutes like the, the military for good reason that's it's really good at that stuff and in and creating doing it and also creating um medical equipment mm-hmm. to help do it with, with the military or with nasa it's, it's a partnership like there's a private contractor that's yeah. making it but the military's guiding them saying you know this would work better this or that and then it makes its way into the civilian sphere that hap- yeah it happens all the time the the fud is an example of reverse where it I existed see. anyway yeah. i don't believe that the military as far as i know the military didn't come up with the fud i mean you know somebody at some point peed into a funnel now yeah. who, who, who was, was actually it? the first to commercialize it that. could have been biblical times i don't know <laughs> it could go all the way back to Genesis, for all yeah, I know, Mary I don't Magdalene. Know. <laughs> Mary Magdalene used a fud. I think she did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what was the what was the story, or what was the moment where it was clear that like this was worth two years of your life? Like, when, when did when when did you know the the military story really start to stick for you? Well, it, it was a. I came at it in a kind of the idea came about in a kind of weird way I ended up in the Indian, the science arm of the Indian Defense Ministry because I was reporting a story in India on Boot Jolokia, the world's hottest chili pepper, and they have this crazy eating contest where people are taken away in an ambulance and oh. uh, are throwing up, and it's it's kind of horrible, and then they win some very seemingly small prize yeah. for, the, for their efforts. They pay for your anyway, bills. What? They pay for your medical bill. They, they pay for the ambulance, yeah. exactly. So while I was there, someone said that someone told me the military, the Indian military, had weaponized Bootjolokia, the pepper, to make a uh, tear gas kind yeah. of thing. So I went over to their sci- science lab, which was in the neighboring state in Assam. I'm like, oh, I got to go talk to these people. 
and while I was there, that's where I got the idea that military science is it's kind of, uh, it's sort of esoteric. And they were working on a leech repellent hmm. while I was there. And I just like, I just, leech yeah. repellent. That's a very Mary Roach chapter. Although it's not in the book because they'd already finished testing it. Yeah. So I couldn't, I wanted to go, but they were going out and during monsoon season and rolling up their trousers and putting on leech repellent and seeing if how it worked. Attached. If leeches <laughs> attached to them. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to come back for that, but they, um, it, most of the work had been done and... They weren't so keen to have me back. They, uh, unlike the U.S. military, the hmm. Indian military was—they're they're very closed. It's mean, very hard to get a response. They have less to show off. To be fair, you know, I mean, it's like less of a—it's a very big operation here. Yeah, true. Although it's surprisingly big, and, and, and I mean, they had a whole psychological research arm that had huh. done telepathy. It had done, had they had done research where they went out with some swami who claimed not to eat. And then they were going to look at, study all his biological functions and see, is there something we could learn from this if troops are out in a remote area and there's nothing to eat? They The military, Indian military had funded something. So I think maybe That's they like were John just, Ronson territory. It's a very John Ronson territory. But uh, yeah, uh, but they were, um, again, that had already happened. Yeah. So I couldn't report on it. Yeah. So you just used the phrase... Uh would you say? Would you call it a Mary Roach topic? Yeah, <laughs> TM. Roachable. roachable. It wasn't. It was roachable. There was a lot of roachable stuff in the Indian defense. So that's where the idea yeah. came from. And then it, I tried to follow up with them, and no one answers email, phone calls, faxes. You just can't get in touch with anybody over there. How important is it that an idea be a Mary Roach idea? You know what I mean? Like, how important is it that it like fit in with the the oeuvre? Oh, it has to. Otherwise, if it's not a Mary Roach idea. What am I going to do with it? Yeah. I got to give it to somebody else. Somebody yeah. else has to do it. I can't do it. I, it would suck. I mean, no one would read it. It's interesting though because it's Mary like, Roach, but it's not roachable. <laughs> but it's. I mean, it's simultaneously, you know, specific, but at the same time, could be applied to anything, right? Or anything sci- like you know, like vaguely scientific. Well, there, most of science won't, won't work. I can't mm. I'm, because it's molecular or it's at least microscopic. I mean, it's not much it's of a scene. It's either very big or very small. It's either, ve- it's too big or it's too small. Yeah. yeah. It's the, it's the physics of the, you know, cosmology and, yeah. or, or it's protein receptors and genes. What do they call the Goldilocks zone? Yeah. So there's, yeah. there's a, ro- there's a roach zone. There's a roach Goldilocks zone for sure. There's it's a not, ro- yeah. Roach motel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, well, and I've checked in, and I can't check out. <laughs> it's like the Hotel California. Yeah, that's right. What did that mean? What is that song about? Oh God, there are theories. That's that, that, that that's roachable. Yeah, there's a whole book. There's a whole book, Hotel California. Absolutely. Didn't somebody write a whole book about Louis Louis? There was a whole oh. book about the song Louis Louis. Yeah, I have a dossier. Yeah. There's a government dossier about it. Get out. This, Do you know about this? No, because the the. Uh, is it the Kingsman? I think did like the definitive the fir- version. Did of it. they? Yeah. And the this is so such an aside. It might be roachable though, so we'll discuss it. <laughs> uh, the the lyrics to that version were so indecipherable that the government wow. was worried that they were sneaking things in there. So there's like I actually have you can buy this. You can go to Amazon and it's like a 200 page book and wow. it's just the government file on Louis Louis. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. That's yeah. why there's a whole book on the. I, I just saw that there was a book about Louis Louis, and I didn't know why. Yeah. Now I know why. That's is, wild. Is that roachable? Well, it would be, but somebody did the book already. What, what's, what, the Hotel what, California. What's roachable? What is what Hotel is, California could be? No, but I mean, like, def- define. Oh, roachable. Well, so far, 
so far it's tended to involve human bodies and, yeah. s- and often in kind of extreme or strange yeah. circumstances like in a sex lab or dead <laughs> or in space <laughs> or in a combat zone yeah. and then sometimes well gulp is just there's nothing in, weird in it, just the, body. the tube that goes the through. body is the um, the body is the the zone the, the body zone. is the, yeah but that I mean that's that's interesting I mean that you know that is a in a sense, like the human experience is the through yeah. line, right? Which well, is yeah, why, like maybe yeah. animals, why anglerfish wouldn't work. That's right. I mean, I I I would love to write about insects yeah. or fish or animal. I thought about you know I did a National Geographic story on ch- uh, uh, this particular chimpanzee group in um, like doesn't matter anyway. Africa, uh, se- Senegal, but okay. they're savanna chimps instead yeah. of rainforest chimps. Okay. But we don't need to go down that sure. road. You can read the article. Yeah, I will. It's online. It's I, on the absolutely. internet. Did Joyce Carol Oates <laughs> link to it? Because I only read her Twitter. She's page. tweeting it now. Okay. <laughs> so, but these chimps. I, you know, I thought, God, I want to write about chimps. They're sure. so amazing and weird and funny. But the thing is, they're they're not very quotable. Yeah. They're not, and and it's they're a visual. You want to be a filmmaker because yeah. to try to describe their behavior and their facial expressions, it's, it would be hard for me to really. It's like trying to describe an anglerfish yeah. to you. You kind yeah. of want to see the photograph or the video. So, animals, in addition to not they're not being that universal human experience of we all have bodies. You know, we aren't chimps, so there's not a built-in interest. Mm-hmm. But uh, just also, they're, yeah, they're. You can't talk to them. Okay. So it'd be tough. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd be up to the challenge. And now in, in insects, people have, what is it, Dr. Tatiana's Guide to Insect Sex? Or that not she an entomologist? I, it was a big... Yeah, there's been, there's, it sounds familiar. There are wonderful books already written sure. about insects. And I don't know about fish, but... Yeah. It is, it's interesting, though, because, I mean, you know, I, think, I think part of what works with your books, though, is that you're not really an expert right I mean that you're yeah. you're approaching this I'm the opposite of an expert I'm, which I, helps for us yes it helps because you know what the entry point is exactly right yeah I, I'm, I have everything in common with my reader because yeah. I know just about as much as most of my readers when, yeah. I, when I start out and even when I finish I'm not I'm not ever going to be an expert yeah so what, what is I mean what is your uh, I'm saying asking this question but what is your science background my science background is I took physics, chemistry, and biology in high school. <laughs> and that is where it stopped, except that there was a gut at Wesleyan and astronomy. It was an easy... I took it because it was a gut. You know, do you have that... You know what that means? That it's an acronym? easy class. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not an acronym. It just means it's, it's okay. known to be an easy class. Yeah. Uh, and so now, to this day, I can say... Io, Europa, Ganymede, Callisto, which are the moons of Jupiter. Jupiter. Yes. Right? Yes. That's what I learned (laughs) in my astronomy class. Is that, is that like, I mean, you're, I mean, you know, you're, you're dealing with a lot of scientists. I don't know what, what is your, like, what's the reception like to your books in the science world as such kind of an outsider? To my face, surprisingly good. (laughs) Well, you know, I don't know what people say. I would imagine... There are scientists out there who f- resent the fact that I go out and... R- r- you get the fun jobs? Fu- yeah, I have fun and I 
get to go on the Daily Show and sell a lot of books, and yeah. they're doing the hard work, and they're struggling for funding. I would guess there's people who feel that way about me, but those aren't the ones that I meet. The ones I meet are people who come up and go, I really yeah, I loved your book. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and the, I always, the thing that I worry about with every book, I want the people in it to, to be happy with it, and I never know if they will be because it is such a kind of goobery outsider clueless you know I, I don't I'm not going into anywhere near the detail that sure. their work entails yeah so it's a very simplistic it's simplistic coverage but hopefully there's enough information that's kind of surprising or interesting that people will go oh huh hey that's cool that that exists and I never knew it was out there and I think they appreciate even that amount of recognition there, there there's like part of the appeal though um you know, is that there is a sort of sense of banality to it, too, that it's, you know, that that you're approaching it and you're like, hey, check out this super weird thing that you've never heard about before. But it's like they're they're boring job. Right. Right. Like that. That's like, sometimes people say, well, like, oh, isn't it awkward to, to bring up like to, to go up to some like for bonk people like how do we you how does isn't, isn't it weird to be having these conversations yeah. about orgasm with somebody you don't know? And, yeah. and I said, no, because this is their day this is their nine to five it's like talking about shoe repair or yeah. something it isn't there's no electricity to those words or topics for them it's they're just excited that someone wants to hear about their work because their family's sick of it you know and that's so that you know, like, family's sick so, of their weird sex talk all the yeah, time yeah yeah it's like oh shut up yeah so uh anyway, i think that they're um anyway i they, they seem to they seem to if they don't enjoy it, they hide it well. Yeah. You know? And I, I try not to make too much of a pest to myself. I'm usually only around for a day or two. The folks on the, you know, I got the submarine, I had to be there for four days yeah. because You're I... a captive audience. That was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I, and I mean, that was, they're all overworked and it was very generous of them to put up with me. You know what I mean? Like, there is this, like, weird appeal, though, of, like, like a banality of excitement, of a banality around, like, you know, of, of working in such, like, a crazy field and it just having just being a job i mean that's like that's kind of the entry point right right that this is just what they this is what they do for a living right right i see what you're saying yeah 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 yeah. like someone who does someone who's involved in any kind of cadaver research yeah there's nothing creepy or adam's family or weird about it it's just you know every six months or so we we got to bring a cadaver in to to get the data that we need or we need you know we're going to test this new piece of equipment we got to get some legs let's call like get let's call you know joe over at the leg guy the leg guy see what how many we can get how quickly we can get them get the purchase order going well no you don't buy them it's post shipping and handling only uh, so yeah, no, and part of what's it's interesting, illegal to buy body parts. Yeah, you know, it's illegal to to profit. I see. off body parts, yeah. but you can put a, a hefty shipping and handling yeah. fee on them. But part of what's in, part of what is interesting, like you said, is that this is a boring. This is an everyday thing yeah. to some people working with arms or heads. This is somebody's nine to five. That's what's interesting to me. Yeah. Is uh, are those are those are those books hard, like a book like like Stiff or like Gulp where the um, the excitement isn't necessarily inherent? Does, is the, is it a more difficult book to approach? If you're writing about space, if you're writing about you know the military um, or sex, like it's yeah. clear like what the exciting right. that what beats you have to hit. Right, right. 
What, what's the question? Is it harder it, oh, to write harder? about dead bodies? Oh, well, but I think dead bodies are fascinating to people. Yeah. I mean, look at all, you know, when Stiff came out. So there was also CSI had just come on the yeah. air and Six Feet Under. So there's a fascination with dead bodies because they're dead and mm-hmm. we'll all be one. So, um, I, I yeah, I, don't, I, I think that that was the appeal of that book was the, the dead body. You know, it's a kind of a zombie-ish yeah. Area that I'd waded into, but what would be really hard is I, what most nonfiction writers deal with is they're writing about something you know, like maybe they're writing about traffic. Actually, traffic is pretty interesting. Everyone deals with it, but this is interesting. Actually, can you can you think of something that, that you that just that is too boring to possibly work for? Almost everything, is such too, as is too boring for me to yeah to write about. You know, people people. I mean, because you just said traffic, like, and then you realize that like okay, well, maybe actually, this, yeah, you know, well, the anything, weather is y- interesting. Y- like, everything if you if you you need to scratch the, right the surface, yeah, and you dig into anything. Um, I, I think. It's really interesting, but the, the the difficulty is in getting the bookstore customer to see what oh this is a yeah. book about traffic. God, that sounds boring. Or I don't know uh, what would be another inherent? taxes. T- taxes might be a challenge, but maybe not. Um, yeah, weather, uh, agriculture. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, it's all it's all it's all interesting once you step in. But you, the reader, has to. Be convinced very quickly. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I'd like to read three hundred pages on it. It seems like I don't know. It's you know there 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 you know the past like couple of decades there's been such an interesting renaissance around popular nonfiction from the standpoint that like nothing is off limits you know and you see you you, you like you encounter but I'm I'm trying to think of one but you Rust. encounter books. okay there's a book that came out last year okay. on Rust or Salt. Yeah, salt too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and as it turns out, yeah, salt, like entire civilizations yeah. were rerouted and history changed because of salt. And rust, corrosion, yeah. huge. Like, this is like a huge, like the, the number one infrastructure ex- expense. Anytime you build a bridge, it's starting to corrode. You're f- and there's this massive war on corrosion yeah, going it's on. It's over water. It's uh, the yeah, worst possible yeah. Salt place water, to have. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, th- that book, Rust, the first chapter is about the Statue of Liberty and how it almost just crumbled. And it's, mm. it's the most compelling, interesting story. Well, not the most, but a compelling, interesting story. The challenge with that book is how do you get the person who goes, oh, book on Rust. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to buy after all these books here on the table. But people have been buying So how do, you, how, how do you? How, how do you I do don't. I, I stay away from them. You, you find I, exciting I, topics. I find topics that I think there'll be a built-in yeah. interest where someone will go, oh, yeah, well. Isn't there yeah, enough so, of a built-in Mary Roach interest, though, that people will pick up your books because they've liked books? You think if I books? write a book about, like, squirrels? They would. Read. I would 100 percent read a book you wrote about squirrel. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Absolutely, I would but, but, but I might not be representative of the book buying yeah. public. But absolutely, I'd read a book you wrote about squirrels. I'd write a book about squirrels yeah. just to annoy my husband. He hates squirrels. They, I like like um, like ten years ago they found uh, squirrels in Golden Gate Park with the bubonic plague. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. There's a and did you see? I tweeted. <laughs> This video of a, um, they had figured out that when a squirrel twitches its tail in that yeah. little adorable, weird way, it means he or she is frustrated. And there's this yeah. little video of a frustrated squirrel, like, 
switching its tail. Yeah. They bark. Uh, they make a weird high-pitched barking sound. That kind yeah. of chattering noise, yeah. And so, that's, but that's about it. There you go. That's not uh, we, Have we mentioned all the interesting scroll facts? That's about it. That's about it. I think that's okay. it. They bury stuff. Have you ever seen them bury? They like, they dig the hole and then they pat down the, the yeah. their little hands. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know I that there's a whole book in it. So, I would so, be asking readers, to, uh, uh, it, it's a leap of faith. My, my publisher doesn't want to ask people how, to make a leap of faith like that. How how involved is is the publisher when it comes to actually you know picking the the material in, in terms of like of, of the you, know, you the mean the topic? topic? Yeah, mm, they're involved in that. If it seems like a bad idea that won't sell very many copies, they'll have you had one that I had an well there was. I had an idea that morphed into Packing for Mars, but it started yeah. out, I heard about the Bedrest Facility, which is that place in Galveston, Texas, near NASA. Is that the uh, Mars? Like the- it's a, it's, no, no. People are paid to lie in bed for three months without even yeah. sitting up because their bones and muscles start to deteriorate like they would in space. So yeah. they can study countermeasures, things that you could do to Long-term, alleviate yeah. that. And, and prevent the bone loss or the muscle loss. So these people who turn out to be mostly people who like to do video games because they install a TV over their heads. Because they were going to be doing that anyway. They're going to be doing it anyway. They might as well make $30,000. <laughs> it's kind of like a debtor's prison. They yeah. figure I can't spend money if I'm lying in bed here. But in fact, Amazon oh, delivers. It sounds like the Matrix. It's, it is. <sighs> yes. They're lying. These It's bed after bed yeah. after bed. These people with televisions over their heads. It's very surreal. Anyway, I was like, this is such a Mary Roach place. But, that, but that's not a book, right? No, no, no. But it wasn't a book. But I just thought guinea, you know, people who make their living as guinea pigs. I thought yeah. that because historically there have been people who okay. bef- they, you know, infected yeah. themselves and sometimes died yeah. uh, testing something out because there wasn't any other way to do it. And my it wasn't my publisher. It was my agent. It was like, Nyeh. That seems like a good, I don't know. Like, again, so I'm he, not a book He just thought it was a little, it was a little restricting and like every you know like each chapter might be there might be a, just a sameness to the chapters yeah. it was a little confining are you only i mean obviously you're doing you're doing some uh, magazine pieces but are you just kind of thinking in books at this point mm, well right now i'm thinking in magazines and books because i don't have i don't have an idea i don't know what the next book is so yeah. i'm is, is that scary no not really no. not really i i i, I I enjoy doing magazine pieces for it's fine doing that for a while and yeah. I've got a couple of things I'm thinking about I'm just not I don't none of them are quite right so you, you've I mean you've kept up a pretty good pay how long gulp was what three four years ago it's usually like three it's three years yeah between books usually yeah so you haven't had any you, you I haven't had any hiatuses or, I haven't had any big hiatus yeah. hiati hiatuses I think hiatuses. Yeah, hiatuses. No, no, I've usually... But I've often had an idea for the next book before I'm done with yeah. the previous book. Do, do, does that ever come while you're researching the current book? Like, do, does it lead yeah, one lead to another? Yeah, Stiff kind of led to Spook. There was a chapter on... It doesn't matter, but Stiff led that to makes Spook. sense, yeah. Bonk was just a sentence I saw somewhere in an article that had to do with a penis camera. They referred, it was a film quarterly article that talked about the colposcopic films of Masters and Johnson. And I, I knew that colposcopy was just like a cervical biopsy. So I was like, whoa, they were filming a cervix means the camera was inside. Whoa. Hmm. 
and it turns out it was a penis camera. The women were having sex with the camera. And this is the 1950s, so that was like, okay, so that's the next not, book. Not a camera attached to a penis, but no, a no, no, shaped, a, like, shaped a like a penis okay. with a light source and a camera. A little anglerfish. Yeah. Like reverse anglerfish. Reverse anglerfish. Yeah. <laughs> do you you don't you don't gross out very easily, do you? No, I don't gross out very easily. <laughs> I don't. No, I I don't like okra snot. That stringy stuff when okra isn't cooked right. That mucilaginous that's strand. It, though? That, Attaches to your spoon. Yeah. No, that's it. That's the you know, that's, that's the one. Of, I don't know. Try me. No, I just uh, try me on a. Have you never um, you've never gotten nauseous like doing no <laughs> hanging out with dead bodies? Or? No, no, I, yeah. no. I've never gotten nauseous. No, no. <laughs> I don't think. No, I've never gotten nauseous for like because something's disgusting or yeah. Like, I mean, you know, no, it's, no, it no. Sounds like you've done the, a you lot. You know that, that for Grunt, I have a chapter on. Uh, malodorants and stink bombs and, yeah. and I was at Monell Chemical Census Center and I they let me smell some of the world's most gag inducing smell those I gagged yeah I, actually which is a level beyond nausea yeah. but it's you but know it's scientifically engineered to make you yeah, do that yes well and it that's did. like saying I never cry but I was in, you know my, subjected they to tear off gas my arm yeah <laughs> or, or yeah. they pulled off my arm yeah right okay so it yeah. doesn't count yeah um, was there, you know, and, and, I, and I know we're kind of like getting into to, to kind of like marketing territory here, but like, you know, was there, I mean, is, this is a really, this isn't kind of an interesting new territory, like, you know, the military is a very sort of specific thing. Yeah. And there wasn't a worry that going into there might not overlap enough with the books you've been doing? Might not overlap? Yeah. Oh, you mean? Just, just like writing a book about, about the military. Well, it's really specifically about the human yeah. side of that and coping with extreme heat, extreme noise, sleep deprivation, yeah. fear and panic, which are all things people experience. So it's kind of a, you know, I'm sticking to basic human experiences only yeah. in the extreme scenario that people in people deployed in the military have to deal with. So, I mean, it's similar to packing for Mars. Mm-hmm. The average person isn't going to do it, but, sees movies about it yeah. and reads books about it so there's some sort of fascination with it did, did you did you have any like personal connection to did you did you know anybody in the military is just the fact that like we're you know engaged in two wars right now yeah no it was just it was the the chili pepper reporting trip and yeah. um and i was also a, a reader wrote to me around that time that i came back from the chili reporting trip and he was he's a, a retired army pathologist mm-hmm. and i said you know i'm kind of thinking about military science and some you know not guns and weapons and drones because that's very discovery channel yeah. wired.com and it's not my it, it, i'm not a techie person yeah. i'm also not interested in spending 2 years writing about people who design ways to kill people it's not that's not what i want to write about so anyway i i was emailing with him and i said you know he was very encouraging because I thought I just assumed I wouldn't get access, and he said, "I don't think that's true. I can put you in touch with some people." And so that's how it started. That, that I mean, that ways to kill people is a, that's an interesting part of the conversation too. I mean, you're not necessarily yeah. like glorifying the military, but it, it's tricky territory. I think somebody right? could. I think anybody, somebody, me, anyone could write a really fascinating book about the people who design, yeah, bullets and. Rifles and explosives, but I I don't want to 
I don't want to be that person. But, yeah, but, but I mean, like, again, like, moralistically, I mean, I assume that you're opposed to war as a right, general rule. Right, um, it, was, was there Was there a concern that by, God, but by, by kind of, you know, humanizing them and, and by talking about a lot of the cool stuff that they were doing that, like, you're kind of edging into kind of touchy territory there? Mm, well... Yeah, except that the people who deal with the aftermath and the human experience of war tend to be very powerfully anti-war, even though mm. they're in the military. If you mm. work in the mortuary, yeah, doing autopsies on you know thousands of autopsies over the years, you know you you're not a big fan of war. Yeah. So I mean, I am dealing with a really specific chunk of people who are uh, dealing with the physical harshness and the aftermath and the fallout yeah so it you know it it doesn't it's not a uh, I don't think you come away thinking whoa war is really cooler than I thought I think if if anything it's sort of a sly anti-war book because you don't really think about the day-to-day often you think about being shot or blown up but you don't really think about you're carrying 100 pounds in 107 degree heat yeah wearing body armor and running somewhere and, and being filthy and you got two hours sleep. I mean, it's, it sucks so on so many levels that I never really thought about because you tend to think about what you see in films, which is just the split-second life-or-death stuff. But the, yeah. the, the daily grind of it, I never really um, grasped. Yeah. That's interesting. And I guess the flip side of that is is that you also ended up kind of demystifying space travel which is kind of a bummer yes, right yes, at the end of same, the day same kind of same kind of thing the re, yeah the, the day-to-day reality i mean it's different because space everybody thinks is it's so cool to be an astronaut yeah. I don't necessarily think it's so cool to be a soldier because sure. you have a significant risk of being dead they wouldn't be having the same recruitment problems they're having exactly right yeah they it was a super cool thing to do <laughs> yeah yeah um, but in both cases the day yeah the the hourly grind of it is completely different from the few moments that people think about you know astronauts yeah. you know the you know, one two hundredth of their career is spent in space or or less than that and you know a tiny fraction of it is spent we i'm in space i'm floating around and i'm no i mean they're training they're doing publicity stuff for you know they're designing stuff for yeah. the space capsule they're they're not out in space and similarly a, a soldier's there's a lot of boredom heat tedium yeah, medical issues. That so. gets that back to the banality question too, right? That we were talking about earlier. It's, yeah, yeah the, the surprise is sometimes is a surprise is in the banality. Do you, do you think you ruined space for anybody? Yeah, I probably I probably did, but I you know, but I also point you know in that book I also point out it's it's like what backpacking is for me. You know, some, some you look at it and it's like it's hard work. You're yeah. carrying this heavy load. That you're eating freeze-dried food. You're sleeping on the ground. It's not very comfortable. But you can't have a good cup of coffee. Yeah, but look where you are. Yeah. You know, you're in this amazing spot that very few people have been to and it's worth it for that. And I think astronauts feel that way in spades, you know. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I sort of think about like, you know, for most of them it's the the reward is that you get to stare out a little tiny window. Yeah, and look down at the earth. Yeah, yeah, and and that makes everything worthwhile. I, uh, huh. I, I don't think I encountered an astronaut who said, "Yeah, I don't think I'd do this." Eh, <laughs> hey, yeah, I think I'd be an accountant next time around. Is that? I mean, is that what is that what writing a book is like? Is that what spending? You know, I, I, 
you know, again, I'm writing short, you know, I, I kind of top out at like 5,000 words these days. Um, you know, and I've certainly, I've considered, I've thought about it. I've never, I've never found something that I've been able to commit myself to that I want to You spend sound like doing. me before I wrote well, good. Steph. I, I'm glad that we're having this conversation. Um, is, is, is writing a book, is that your space travel? Is that your backpacking? And if um, so, what is that moment where you get to enjoy it? No, because my books are like lots of little 5,000. I mean, each chapter is a 5,000 word yeah. side trip somewhere else, which is cool. Someplace. Yeah. I love the reporting and I love the writing. What I don't love so much is figuring out how to put it all together, knocking my head against the wall to try to get access to something that mm-hmm. is not or it, it's been postponed or it's not happening in the same way. I thought it would, you know, going, having to start over and junk that chapter. But when a research trip falls into place, when somebody says, yeah, you can, you can go here, you can come along, you can do this. That's very exciting. And going there is very cool and, yeah. and getting the material and then writing it. If, if I have good material, it's so fun to write it. Yeah. If it's eh material, it's a struggle to make it, you know, it's like I keep, picking at it to try to make it better because I don't have the best material. I don't like that. Um, but it, but it's, um, it's, not, it's not ever hard work. Like I hate to go and it's just, it, you, you'd, you'd be surprised. You don't have, don't have to have that narrative through line, one, one yeah. big topic. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like you enjoy what, like 75% of it is pretty good. And then yes. even like, you know, I, it's it's such a, a cliche thing to say, but you know, I was I was running a site before, and I had a bunch of you know, I had a bunch of writers working for me, and I, you know, every so often I would have to say like, you know, at the end of the day, like you're writing about video games or comic books or you yeah. know, phones or something, and that's really cool. A lot of people would yeah. kill themselves to do that job, but you know, but obviously, like every job is kind of shitty sometimes. I mean, that's just life. Yeah, it is. It's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Every job is every job is shitty. Um, yeah. A, cha- a chapter falls apart. Yeah. And you had really high hopes for it, or I don't know, or you just you read some book that's just really good, and you think my books aren't that good. Mm. You know, why do I even bother? Why do I do this? Yeah. You know, nah, nah, nah. And then and you have to worry about you know, you're going to turn it. There's always like the anxiety of turning in a book because I don't show my editor till I'm done. You have to worry about. Is she going to like it? Am I going to have to massively rearrange it? Um, what's my review going to be? What are my reviews going to be? I mean, there's a lot of anxiety around finishing a project because you're yeah. kind of left alone for a while. La, 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 just do what I want and put it all together. And then you got to show it to people. And, yeah. And then, and then there, you know, when the, the, the banality, the part that people who don't write books don't think about is the, the, the part between turning it in and it actually coming out yeah and then I mean what is what what is that how long of a of a time is that for you maybe six months maybe over a year depending that's a lot of time it's a lot of time you put it out of your head you never you can't really because it's you know you've got like oh okay time to do the catalog copy which means nine months before the book's gonna come out you've got a kind of wrap your head you might not even be done I wasn't done with this book before they were writing catalog. you have to sum it up in 200 words yeah and you got to think about you know the little sound bites and 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 all of that stuff and then you've got um you, you can't ever really put it it's always there in the back of your head because there's various stuff is kicking into gear and you've got publicity stuff and you've got 
Yeah. You know, and then the proofs come back, and then the, cop, the copy editing, and so it's all it's just this slow IV drip of yeah <laughs> of stuff, which is all fine. But you don't. It'd be nice if you could just put it completely out of your head and go do some fun articles. But you've got to stick. You have to kind of be fairly close to home base because mm. there's stuff, you know, first galleys, second galleys, copy edit. It's just this and that all. So you're you're still largely in book mode even after you've turned it in and before you've gone yeah on tour? yeah well depending I mean I often I've done magazine pieces in, in yeah. between while I'm waiting for the book to come out I have done that sure I, and, I, and I have done and you're all yeah you, there's the publicity people like you to do uh, magazine pieces that will come out around the time the book comes out so you you're doing some preferably of in that, that wheelhouse yes exactly yeah. so you're you're trying to do some of that and. Um, so there's all there's all of that stuff. So, and I say this for my own edification, but um, what, what was the what was the turning point with Stiff? You know, when what made you actually commit to writing a book? Uh, a conversation with an agent. Okay. I was writing a column for Salon.com, and those were short. Those were all um, about a thousand or mm-hmm. twelve hundred words at the max. And he said, have you ever thought about a big project, a book-length project? And I said, no. I, my, I, they all, everything I write is under 3,000, under 5,000 words. I yeah. can't imagine. And he said, I don't, I don't think that's – he said, I, I think you're thinking about it wrong. What, are, what columns got the highest hit rates? Tell me what columns. And there were a couple that had to do with cadaver. So we just had this conversation, and, and he, he, unlike me, thought that could be – a book. I didn't think. I mean, yeah. To me, it seemed like a ridiculous, stupid idea. Who would, Why would buy, buy a, a book, book about Kadat? Well, yeah. who's going to buy that? A customer or a publisher? And he said, I, you know, he said, write it. Just write it like a two-page. He he was very good at sort of sticking, getting me to just dip my toe in. It wasn't yeah. like, okay, go write a forty-page proposal, which I never would have done. He said, just write up two pages and let me see it. And he said, this looks good. Write up a really short book proposal, and let me see it. And so. All along the way, you didn't realize I, you were writing a book. I didn't. Yeah, so I still it, com- it still yeah. comes as a surprise. That's funny that I've put a book out. But but yeah, no, I I didn't. It, to me, it didn't seem like a book. It seemed like yeah. too many little chunks. You know, and I, I remember somewhat dissonant. Yeah, and I remember talking to an editor of mine, Burke Bilger, who uh, is a New Yorker writer these days. He was at Discover, and I, I was saying, I don't. Yeah, I just have this. You know, these things that are kind of related but they don't have this flow and I was fretting about it and he he said Mary you know there's just going to come a point where they're going to put a cover on it and call it a book and it's going to be a book (laughs) and and nobody's going to say this this is interesting here and there but it just doesn't seem like a book or the narrative isn't yes there's not a through line I mean I did get that from a couple of publishers there needs to be a narrative through line we don't want this book like somebody said, you need to follow a body as it decays. I'm like, no, nobody wants to do that. Oof. I don't want to do that. Yeah. No, you're just, that's too much emphasis on a through line. Yeah. No. That's very, that's very specific. So it's, I mean, it sounds like you had a pretty firm grasp on, on this idea of something being roachable prior to that book though. I mean, you know, based on it, the column, like there's thematic yeah. consistency. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely done stories that aren't really roachable. Yeah. You know, I've covered things for wired or outside that are not body related or gross or <laughs> there are no bodily fluids involved. I've certainly written those pieces and it's kind of fun to, to do that. It's kind of freeing sometimes to write a piece that isn't 
any kind of a but, tr- trademark Mary Roach topic. But at, but at what point did that come into focus? At what point was it clear that, oh, this is what I do well? Or is that oh, just who you God, are? I don't... Um, I guess... Stiff was really well. No, I think. But it's prior to that. It sounds like no. Yeah, it's prior to that. Although you know, I wrote for Discover. I wrote, um, I wrote about ergonomics, anthropology, yeah. um, bioengineering. Although it was bioengineering, it was a penis biomechanics story. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I, I did have a bit of that yeah. taint early on. Um, it's a bad choice of words. Yeah, taint. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't even mean that, but thank you for picking up on it. I knew that you would. So, uh, I guess I guess it's kind of been there. Yeah, all but, along. But the, but you know what's funny? Book, what's that? It was just funny. I was I was emailing with my brother. Uh-huh. Okay, and is he also a weirdo? No, he he were very different. He's yeah. not weird. He's not weird at all. But my mother. Okay. <laughs> He said, I heard you on Terry Gross, and you were talking about, you know, aging bodies, et cetera. And he said, I remember when mom said to me that she had a when, W-E-N. I don't even know what a when. It's some kind of a, like a fernuncle or a, it's a growth of some kind, a when. So anyway, he, and I don't remember this, but he said, I remember when mom said, I have a when on my vulva. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't remember her ever having a I don't know what a when is but the fact that she just announced this to her teenage son is kind of interesting hmm. I don't think of my mom as very roachy in the yeah. you know but um, I, I don't know maybe she, she maybe she was we, I mean we both have memories about her just saying really wildly kind of inappropriate yeah body related I remember her telling us she when she was in the um, senior community she yeah. didn't have a car she wants to go pick up a bra for her, and she's uh-huh. describing to my brother. Well, I just kind of lean forward and scoop him in. <laughs> I remember just thinking, as opposed to like giving him a size or what? Like, what is what? What is how useful is that information? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, um, I don't really remember. I guess she was talking about cup size or so. I don't know yeah. why she needed to provide that detail. Is it, but she did. Maybe and seemingly, a backlatch versus a front front. Class. Oh, I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know the the bra. It's the, the, the entry. The, the entry method. The entry method. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure why she felt it. It almost seemed as though she was just gonna like trying to just or just like didn't have a, a filter. filter. Yeah, I was gonna. She didn't have a, a filter the in the filter. same way I people probably think I don't have a filter. Yeah. Like I'll just say anything, and I, that's why it's not weird for me to interview researchers who you know, yeah I don't know deal with bodily weird things I mean that that you know if you if you told me that that was a conversation that you had with her when she was in the senior home I wouldn't be surprised that's the kind of thing that like often comes with with age much older yeah. right because you're your I think it's your prefrontal cortex when it Is deteriorates it yes you um y- y- your brakes yeah. are gone yeah and you just say anything and and sometimes it's it's sexual and sometimes it's aggressive yeah you just don't have you don't um you don't have impulse control yeah, but this no, this was much earlier. Yeah. This is much the when the when was a lot earlier. I think so. I should ask him. So, you, so you you think so? Maybe it's the, genetic, is what yeah, I'm saying. Well, and that one of the sort of defining characteristics is a lack of filter. Maybe so. Yeah, of yeah. not knowing what's necessarily well, appropriate. Well, or, or just you know, assuming well, this is part of science. It's yeah. part. It's just part of the human. It's just biology. What's sure. why is this? It's not crude or lewd. It's just biology. Or purient. 
Or prurient. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, maybe it's prurient. It might be. Uh, but, it, but it, I mean, it's that must be one of the most fun parts is... Again, I keep I keep mentioning the B word, but getting you know getting back to banality is is encountering somebody who like is willing to speak openly. Yeah, right. Finding right. those people, finding those other kind yes. of weirdos, then, but maybe in a larger system, and then becoming one of those weirdos. <laughs> like my when Bonk came out, my publicist said, "Mary, what are you going to do on this tour? You're just going to stand up in front of a bunch of strangers and talk about these things." Yeah. I said, yeah, Aaron, I'm going to stand up in front of a bunch of women at midday in La Jolla, California, and talk about erections and intercourse and orgasm, because I've been doing it for three years, and I I don't care. And I think, actually, they're going to welcome the chance to ask some questions, and they did, those ladies in La Jolla. They're all raising their hands. (laughs) They all had questions, because normally you don't get to ask that shit. You were like Dr. Ruth all of a sudden. Yeah, kind of. Taller, though. Did that, less German. Did did that... um, (laughs) And that have a similar demystifying effect of like yes did it yes for for people uh, but for you like just talking so oh clinically well, about it, sex n- well it was kind of f- freeing in yeah. that I would never hesitate to to say some, you know if somebody wanted to talk about their sex life or something with me it doesn't doesn't bother me and yeah. I would give them a straightforward answer I mean I didn't want to do it on on the air because I'm not a licensed sure sex therapist yeah. But I'd be if not for that, I would have gladly offered. Did, did you find that you were yeah that you were advising people because sometimes you had some, people like, would write to me yeah and sometimes it was kind of heartbreaking. But yeah. it's it's very it's kind of like and, and not to disparage but but it's like surface level knowledge right I mean it's like stuff that you glean from talking to those people yeah but maybe not to the point where you could necessarily give advice no, on a certain I, topic no I wouldn't want to give advice to to people because yeah. a lot of has to do with the specific relation dynamics of their relationship, but if somebody just one you know has a straightforward question. anatomical yeah scientific question i'll i'll absolutely i'll not like what is this growth not like <laughs> you're not going to tell how this. should I have this when on my vulva <laughs> removed <laughs> my mother has passed away, so i can so it's okay I feel that I can talk about her when <laughs> Is that even how you pronounce it? Or do you need a German accent? It's a ven. I have a ven on my vulva. <laughs> ich habe, ich habe ein ven und meine vulva. I think that's why Dr. Ruth was so good at her job. I think so, too. Everything sounded better yeah. with a German accent. There you go. That was Mary Roach, one of my all-time favorites. Thank you so much to her for taking the time to do that. Uh, that was actually Mary's second appearance on the show. Mary was, was guest number two back when we were still doing uh, these over the phone she believed in me back in those back in those early uh, pre boing boing days and uh but uh, i'm glad we had her back on glad she was able to do this one in person in the weird um it's not quite a lobby it was sort of like off the lobby it was like a player piano room kind of like the shining but like it, the shining hotel was a weird new york city boutique hotel um said pictures giant giant black and white pictures of uh Lawrence Olivier around us and a really loud group of dudes who I assume were in and uh in, in some kind of rock band speaking really really loudly over to the side but uh enjoy the conversation nonetheless always enjoy speaking with Mary always enjoy reading Mary's books you can check out our new book Grunt the Curious Science of Humans at War that's out now highly recommend that I recommend uh, everything she's written over the years. 
Uh, very much looking forward to um, a little bit of inside information, I think, in the next thing she may may or may not be working on. Uh, so thanks so much to her. Thanks to uh, her publisher, W.W. Norton, for setting that up. Thanks to uh, Brian, as always, for editing the show together. Uh, thanks to you guys, a listener, for, for being uh, a listener of the program. If, if you like the show, please consider rating us on iTunes or whatever fine format you get your podcasts from. Please consider supporting us on Patreon. Not running ads at the top of the show right now, um, but it does cost money to do a show. It costs money to, to pay Brian to do his great editing work. Cost money to, to host up the podcast, so uh, you know consider uh, consider sending a buck or two our way if uh, if you do enjoy the show week after week. Uh, what else? Uh, you can uh, you can shoot us an email. It's rwildcast at gmail dot com. Uh, follow us on Tumblr. That's rwildcast.tumblr.com. Like us on Facebook. Um, thanks. So. That's uh, it's about all I got this week. So uh, stick around because we will be back just about this time next week with another episode of R.A.Y.L. 